0: Okay, we're going to move into our sermon time for today, which actually finds us in the second phase of sort of a three-phase plan for 2021, all of which focuses on this idea of discipline discipleship surprise. Um, it, it fits in with who we are as a church, fits in with our purpose to glorify God by becoming disciples who know and live his will. And so uh, we began the year by looking at how do we make changes that move us into conformity to who God would have us to be. We know that if we don't uh, think deliberately about things that we probably just end up the same person that we were uh, last week or last month or last year. And so what steps can we take and they typically involve goal setting and so we've talked about that already. Uh, for these next few weeks we're going to be looking at the why of discipleship revolving around that idea of oh, what on the earth or what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? We're drawing heavily on the. Uh, some of Rick Warren's materials, but his focus was a little bit more on uh, purpose. We're going to talk about calling. There's uh, certainly a connection between those, uh, but that will be how we'll spend the next six or seven weeks. And then finally, we're going to wrap up uh, what probably will be much of the rest of the year on this whole idea of uh, the blessing that's found in the details. Now, we frequently hear that saying that it's the uh, the devil that's found in the details, but we want to change that. Um, we want to see that God being a detailed God, as we we discovered in our time having to do with goal setting, that being a detailed God, uh, that he has some specific things he wants us to be moving toward, uh, things that would help us to become uh, the the righteous, sanctified individuals he he desires. And so we'll be talking about those uh, a little bit later on in the year. But for today... Again, we're starting off this, this new series, um, What on Earth Am I Here For? And it it really is going to culminate or revolve around this idea of calling, uh, this idea of, of the calling that God has for each and every one of us. You know, if you uh, have been in church much at all, you'll know that there's a very popular saying uh, or passage that comes out of the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, the 28th verse, that says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose and I want you at this point in your mind to think of the the fact that there is a correlation between call and purpose there in this this passage but notice this idea of of calling it's actually something scripture refers to a lot um if you were to go to uh, to one of the Bible tools that's out there, you would find, in fact, that it's this word "call" or a derivative of it is used 781 times in Scripture. That's ten times the number of of the word "purpose" that you would see. And so, this whole idea of calling is an important idea that we see in God's Word. Now, I I don't know about you, but when I think of that word call, um, at least in my day and age, if someone mentions that, I typically associate that with the idea of a phone. Someone says there's a call, or you need to respond to a call, or don't forget the call, um, I... Pretty typically, go to either the landline at our home or the cell phone I I keep with me, um, and and yet I know that for a lot of people, even though they have that phone, they really never answer the phone, uh, in fact, ever. Um, and I understand why. Uh, We live in an age where there's lots of bombardment that comes, uh, spam calls, telemarketers uh, that are out there, lots of fraud attempts to try to to get money from people. And so oftentimes people just do not answer the phone. But imagine that one of those calls was a legitimate call from a lawyer back east who wanted to inform you of a $50 million inheritance that you had received. You'd probably want to answer that call, wouldn't you? Well, the truth is that that there is someone else who would like to call us, who does call us, um, with a lot better news uh, than than a bucket load of money, and that's the call that we get from God. Uh, We see in Romans 8.30, just a couple of verses farther along, that it says this, "...and those he predestined, he also called." And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Now, there's a lot of theological words in there we may unpack uh, farther down the road. But but for today, I want to call your attention to that idea of called. What we see is that God has called us. God has called us. And we know that he 's even been the one that 's taken the initiative on that, as we look at some other passages, for example, Ephesians one: four or John 1516. It tells us that God is the one that calls us far more than us reaching out to God or calling him. He has called us he 's taking the lead on that. And if you remember what I just said a moment ago, to sort of keep in your mind that idea between a call and purpose, we know that God not only calls us. Uh, but he does that for a reason. He has a purpose in store for us. If we look at this word "call" in Scripture, um, uh, we see some some interesting um, explanations of it. If we go to the the Greek in the word, we see that the Greek is kaleo. It even sounds like call, kaleo. One of the ways you can remember that. Um, If you were to use a a Latin translation, the word that they would use would be vocare. And it's the root from which we get the word vocal or to vocalize, which conveys that idea of of speaking, of calling, of, of talking to someone. It's also the root for that word vocation. Now, in generations past, uh, in in millennia past, that that idea of vocation was always connected to what was a person's purpose? What was it that they um, felt born for? In today's society, we've sort of reduced vocation to that idea of of it being our job. What is it that's going to provide us some income? Now, we need income. There's Nothing wrong with that, but I think we've lost that deeper sense of of something beyond that. Uh, For most people, especially uh, those who are younger, they're going to have a lot of different jobs uh, in in their lifetime. But as we see in Scripture, there's really one uh, call that God gives to us, maybe unique to us, but one call that that remains fairly constant uh, throughout our lives and it 's the same for us today as it 's really been throughout uh, the entirety of of history as we look to the Bible and and, and examine different uh, samples of how God has called. Different people. We we see that it's just a uh, incredibly long list of all of the sort of the prominent big name folks that we are aware of. And so we think of of Abraham and of Moses, of of uh, Noah, of Nehemiah, of Joel, of Solomon, of of uh, Joshua, of David. Um, you go to the New Testament. There's uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I mean, there's all kinds of individuals who have each received a call from God in their life and have. Received responded to that call. And the exciting thing is that if, if we do the same thing that they did, if we sense, hear God's voice, and we too respond to that call, that we end up on that same list of all these other great people that have gone before us in the faith So what does it mean to be called by God? Well, uh, we're going to spend the remainder of our time this morning looking at five different qualities or aspects uh, connected with uh, a calling by God. And we begin with that idea, first off, of uh, recognizing that our calling is a gift from God. Our calling is a gift from God. Uh, you didn 't earn it i don 't deserve it there 's nothing that we can do to uh, to sort of prompt god to to provide it it 's simply a demonstration of god 's grace, grace being one of those uh, unmerited un- undeserved gifts. That God gives to us, you you may remember those well-known definitions: grace being God giving us what we don't deserve, mercy being God not giving us what we do deserve. Uh, but this is a demonstration of God's grace, giving us that that call is, is allowing us to to receive something that we don't deserve. And my guess is that as you think back in your life in other areas, you can think of of some things that you've received in the past that you haven't deserved things that you didn't earn, necessarily. Um, and so think for just a moment what, what some of those might be. Maybe you received a raise at a particular point in time where you, you really weren't doing any additional work, you weren't putting in any longer hours. Uh, The boss, just out of the goodness of his heart, or the corporation just decided to give you uh, a little extra money. Uh, Maybe there was uh, an instance where um, you received an inheritance uh, from someone. Maybe it wasn't $50 million, as we talked about earlier, uh, but you didn't do anything to deserve that. It simply was a gift that someone passed on to you. Maybe you're one of those individuals, uh, such as myself, who married up. In life uh, you know that uh, you got a lot better end of the deal in, in joining together with your spouse now you probably would never admit that to them but you know that in your heart that that's true it's something that you receive that you didn't uh, deserve uh, maybe it's the the quality of grandkids that you have maybe it's another material possession that somebody gave you there's all these different things in life actually that that we have received that we didn't deserve uh, but one of the greatest of those is this idea of God's calling in our lives. Again, connected with that idea that, that at the heart of all of this is the recognition that, that God called us, he chose us, he took the lead on us. In John 15, 16, uh, Jesus here is talking to his disciples, but I think uh, the words are true for any who are a follower of Jesus. And he said this, you did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. God chose us. He chose us for heaven. And and he chose us with some specific purposes in mind. Again, we go back to that passage in Romans 8.28. To bear fruit or, uh, as we read in Ephesians 2.20, to do good works. And In Ephesians, that second chapter, it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What we find is that God not only called us, but he called us for a purpose, that there's a reason behind this calling that he's placed in our lives. To bear fruit, as we read about previously, to do good works, as is talked about here. However you want to describe it. God has a plan for us, that he desires, that he hopes that we will live out. Now, being the kind of God he is, he doesn't typically force that upon us. He lets us choose it, and even as we choose it, sometimes he works in ways um, and and has an element of timing that isn't uh, completely understood by us initially, And yet we discover that it's always what is in our best interest. It's always what's designed to help promote and further his kingdom. It's simply a a, a rehashing, a reminder of that truth which we've mentioned many times in the past, that God's ways are not our ways, his thoughts not our thoughts. Uh, The book of Isaiah in the, the fifth chapter, the eighth and ninth verses, says that very same thing. And we see examples of this scattered throughout Scripture where where God has chosen to do something that maybe doesn't seem to make sense at the moment, but as you look back, uh, you see, not surprisingly, that God knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, One of those examples that's given to us in Scripture actually took place in the Old Testament but is described by Paul in the book of Romans in the ninth chapter, verses 10 through 12, Paul here is talking about Rebekah who is, you might remember was married to Isaac they had two boys twins uh, Jacob and Esau uh, Esau was the one that was born first Jacob came second but this is what uh, Paul has to say about that he, he writes this not only that but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac again um, they were twins Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose and election might stand, not by works done by him, not by works, but by him who calls, she being Rebecca was told, The older will serve the younger. Now, that probably doesn't mean much to us in today's culture, but back then that was startling news. Because uh, the younger never served, I I mean the older never served the younger. There was a very definite pecking order of how things went. And, and if you had any uh, saying things, you would always want to be the firstborn because there were some definite perks that went with that. As the firstborn, you were the one who got to, to inherit the, the family business. You were the one that was the head of the clan or the tribe. You were the one who got a double portion of what everyone else received. You were the one who was the, uh, the ultimate and final decision maker in matters. And so you wanted to be the one who was first, and that's just the way it always was. No exceptions, except when God wanted to make an exception, which is the case if you remember the story in Esau and Jacob. Esau came out first, but as life would reveal, Esau's character had some significant flaws in it. Now Jacob wasn't an angel himself, but Esau would have been completely the wrong person to lead God's people, and he knew that, and so he switched the order around. And even before these two boys were born, it was revealed to Rebekah, the mom, that the younger or the older would serve the younger. And so God does what God's going to choose to do in the way that he chooses because he's God and we're not. And so we what we have to understand as we respond to this call that we have to be open to God's leading, to God's direction, to his choices, even if we don't understand it at the moment. I think back in my own life and in terms of this idea of call, uh, for me I, I, I sort of connect that with becoming a pastor Now, I didn't become a Christian until I was in high school, and yet since pretty quickly that God was calling me into some time of full-time service, which as I look back was interesting, he was calling me into ministry where a year before I didn't even know what it meant to be a Christian. I'd heard the word God before, but I had no idea what it meant to have a personal relationship with God, I had no idea what it meant to commit our heart and our minds to God, and yet he chose me uh, to to move into this role. Now for me, if someone would have asked me about that time oh, where on the list uh, being a pastor was, I would have had to say it's not even on the list. I, I wouldn't even have thought about that. But that's how God works. He, he does what he wants to do in, in the manner that he knows is best for the kingdom. And again, In the manner that ultimately is best for us, which we frequently see after the fact but may not appreciate at the moment. So we see in this idea of having a call that it's a gift from God. We see that it's connected to his purpose. Thirdly, we see that our sins and mistakes don't cancel out God's call. For which we are all giving a big sigh of relief and shouting hallelujah inside our hearts. Our sins and mistakes don't cancel out God's call. Uh, Paul uh, mentions this in his own words in, in 1 Timothy 1 when he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. If you look to the earlier part of Paul's life, you'll discover that he did a lot of bad things, really bad things. And yet, despite that, God still chose to use him. God still gave a call to Paul. In fact, used him in extraordinarily wonderful ways. That's how God works. He's one that doesn't hold those mistakes, those, those bad judgments we've made in the past. Despite our previous bad actions and dumb decisions, God's call remains for us. And that, that sort of is undergirded by a couple of additional things. We, uh, we are reminded that God chose us even before we were born. That call has been there forever. If we read uh, the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, the fourth verse, we see where it says, For he, God, chose us and him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Holy and blameless, which comes about as we invite Christ into our hearts. Now, now think about the, the, the full ramifications of that. Even before we were born, God, who knows all things, know, knew what the future held. Who knew that if we came into existence, we were going to say this dumb thing, or do that dumb thing, or think this uh, wrong thing, or engage in this sin. Even though God knew all of that was going to happen, he still created us, and He created us with a purpose. He created us uh, with a call upon our lives. The call was there even before we were born. And, and and the second thing that sort of undergirds this is is the fact that this call is permanent. It's not uh, here today, gone tomorrow. It's not one that God changes on. us. that it stays consistent. In Romans eleven, it's described in this way: For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. Again, appreciate what that fully means. No matter how badly I screw up, no matter how many uh, mistakes uh, that I make, God's call is still there for me if I'll choose to respond. And realize how different that is from uh, society today. Realize how different it is from the cancel culture that we live in. You see, we, we live in a time now where if you, you make a mistake or even are accused of making a mistake and it gets into social media and, and picks up some steam, um, you can be in big trouble. Uh, you can be uh, shunned, blacklisted, shamed indefinitely uh, by society uh, with probably very little hope of, of recovering. But that's not how God is. God continues to be one who extends his grace, his love uh, to us, who continues to, to have that call as a part of our lives. As we think about this idea of call, it's a gift from God. It, it's reflected in his purpose. Uh, we see that our sins don't disqualify us from that. And then uh, fourthly, we see that God empowers us to fulfill this call. He doesn't just give us the call. He empowers us to fulfill that call. Have you ever had a job where you were put in a position that you really hadn't been trained for? I've had that happen um, a, a few times, but the one that really comes back to my mind was uh, right after I had graduated from college, I was uh, with a company called Long's Drugs. I don't know if they ever had that here in the, the Salem area. Um, but I was a management trainee, i had been hired for this uh, particular store, and my, my training uh, consisted of a, a one-hour video that I saw in the manager's office. And then I was put out on the floor. I was in charge of a particular section of what was a pretty good size store in that time. And so I was in charge of inventory. I was in charge of stocking. I was in charge of of ordering. I was in charge of pricing. Everything that had to do with that section, I was responsible for. And I quickly realized that I was in over my head. I had not been trained for what I was being expected to do. In fact, to be quite honest, I didn't even know how to operate the pricing gun that you use to put the the little pricing labels on the, the different items. It was a terrible experience for me. But thank goodness that's not how God operates. If He calls us to something, if He, if he places that, uh, that, that thing upon our hearts that He wants to see fulfilled, He'll give us the skills, He'll give us the abilities, He'll stand beside us as we move forward in that. Uh, there is a wonderful passage that speaks to this in 2 uh, Corinthians, the ninth chapter, uh, verse 8, where it says this And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to do that because it, it's encouraging building up to us, but also because it helps further his kingdom. And so he, he's there to, to equip us with whatever it is that we need in order to fulfill the call that he's placed upon our heart. And then finally, as we think about this idea of call, there's just one more thing I want to mention, and it's this, that, that as we live out that call, that there's a reward to that, that there's a reward for living out God's calling in our lives. Imagine uh, that you're similar to I was, uh, coming out of college, and you've done some interviews, and a company calls you back and says, "You know what? Uh, we have a job for you. We would love for you to join our company, uh, but we are not going to be able to pay you ever." how would you respond to that? Or suppose it's in younger years, maybe you're in high school and you're going out for a particular sporting team and the coach says, you have made the team, but I just want you to know that you are never going to play in a game, ever. Or imagine that you've moved into a relationship with someone that, that really seems to be the right person. And, and one day you're having a conversation and the person says to you, you know, I care deeply about you but I can't imagine marrying you ever. How would you feel about that? How inclined would you be to continue on with that? Well, my suspicion is not very inclined. Uh, We would probably pull out of of each of those situations and circumstances because we need some kind of incentive. We need some kind of uh, of encouragement. We, uh, We need to have an element of hope as a part of that. And God realizes that. He knows us. He created us. He's he's put us together. He he knows our our spiritual and emotional uh, DNA. And so one of the things that he does for us is as we pursue, as we we move into and respond to this call that God has given our lives, he rewards us for those things. In Philippians 3, uh, another well-known passage, in the uh, 14th verse, we read this. I press on toward the goal to win the prize, to receive the reward for which Christ has what called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Oh, what is that prize? What is that reward? Well, some of them we know. Uh, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's it's being recipients of God's love. I think there's a lot more that, that has yet to be revealed to us. Certainly aspects in heaven that we probably can't even con- comprehend of. But I think there's also greater rewards here on this earth as we choose to respond to God's call. I think we find a a much greater contentment than we would know otherwise. I I think that there's a a heightened sense of of purpose and fulfillment as we respond and and move forward in God's call. I I think there's a a, a deepening and richness to our joy that we wouldn't have, even if we're Christians, followers of Jesus, but not really committed to the call. I think it's a part of the reward that God has for us. And so as we think about this idea of calling, which is sort of the bedrock as, as we move forward in these upcoming weeks, uh, just a reminder of what we've looked at today, that our calling is a gift from God, uh, that we're called for God's purpose, that our sins and mistakes don't cancel out uh, God's call for us, that God empowers us uh, to fulfill the call that he has given us, And that there's a reward for living out that that call that God has placed upon our hearts. So, what do you sense is your call? Now, you don't have to have the answer for that today, but I want you to start thinking about that. What is it that God has uniquely equipped you for? What is it that he has uniquely shaped you uh, for? What is it that he uh, wants you to to commit yourselves to in in a wonderful and yet a a special way? We're going to continue to unpack this idea of calling in in the weeks ahead. But again, begin to think about that even now. God has a call on your life. If you fulfill that call, you'll experience uh, an existence uh, far greater than we could even imagine. So my prayer for you. Uh, just as God answered my prayers, that He will give you that call and that He'll begin to reveal it to you. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe in the weeks ahead, uh, so that you'll know and can live out who He wants you to be this day and every day. Amen.